the world tries to assess the inflation problem, there's been a focus on shipping in the supply chain. Let's dive into some of the stocks so with direct access to that story. John Chappelle joins us from Evercore ISI, Senior Managing Director, covering some of the shippers. John, thanks for being here this afternoon. How's the oil tanker trade? Is there still juice left in this? Because it seems like some of your uh, recent commentary has kind of pulled back a little bit of some of the bullishness. Well, I think it depends on which stock we're talking about as it relates to the relative bullishness. But yes, I think as an industry, the cycle is in the very early innings uh, of an upturn. And really, it's driven by both supply and demand factors with a little bit of geopolitical um, cream on top, so to speak. You know, I don't think we're going to go back to Europe taking Russian oil to the extent that they did you know, three months ago and, and prior to that. And as we redraw the trade map of crude oil trade and refined product trade, which has been the most direct beneficiary diesel, jet, gasoline. Um, this market's only in the really early innings with very little capacity coming online uh, in the next two to three years. So barring a big global recession and demand destruction, I think the oil tankers have a lot more space to go. Okay. And so uh, looking at eight stocks that you cover uh, in the tankers uh, category, seven out of eight of them, you've still got an outperform rating. Uh, target prices uh, maybe dialed back on, uh, I see about three or four of them, but just kind of marginally, still mostly trading above where they are. One of the ones that catches my attention is uh, Frontline, which just had this explosive move over the last month. And then today, gap down big. What's going on here? Yeah, so I mean, Frontline's a mix of broader market trends and also some company-specific issues. Last week, it was up 31%, as you noted, in five trading days. And it wasn't one of those up 20, then up two. It was 5 6% every single day of the entire week. <laughs> I think people are starting to get more comfortable with the fact that oil demand's recovering, inventories are very low, geopolitics are trading the uh, are changing the, the world uh, trade map, and capacity's really light. And Frontline is a big liquid proxy that's traditionally had a good dividend to pay you directly and immediately from these trends in the market. Frontline's also uh, in the middle of a pending merger with Euronav, which is another massive oil tanker company. It would create the biggest oil tanker company in the public markets by a landslide. And over the weekend, they announced that they used some of their shares to uh, purchase some of the shares uh, from Euronav in the open market on a stock-for-stock -stock basis because one of Euronav's existing shareholders uh, is trying to, to put the brakes on that transaction. I think the dilution from that deal alone, plus the fact that the stock was up 31%, is what's taken the 16% out of it today. But still a big winner year-to-date, still a very good um, kind of runway for the next several quarters and years, I think, for Frontline, especially if this potential merger were to go through. So even with the merger happening, a lot of times companies merge and uh, the prices come off, uh, but in this case, it's seeming like the market really likes the scale, the volume that they're getting from this and uh, as you mentioned, the potential upside on these uh, generally looks between 30, 50 percent for some of them for frontline to your target. Uh, you know, uh, well, I guess it's changing pretty quickly here, but you still uh, think this is $11 stock. Is that the latest? So it could be uh, fairly valued near those recent highs? Things change very quickly. So what I'd say is we use cash flow multiples to help us get to our uh, fair value of the stocks. However, price to net asset value is also a metric that's widely used in the industry. In the early innings of a recovery, asset values start to move, but asset values are far uh, more liquid uh, and, and less elastic than you know cash flows or earnings or spot rates that drive them. So based on today's asset values, I think we get to 11 or $12. If asset values then tend to gap up 20, 30, 40% as they have in prior cycles, and you think about the 50% leverage that most of these companies have, the upside could be far more significant, but we have to do what we have line of sight on today 
Uh, we clearly don't know what the outcome is going to be in Eastern Europe and exactly what that's going to mean to the world as it relates to oil and commodity trade. Um, but based on what we've laid out before, the capacity side being incredibly restricted, the lowest amount of new capacity set to come online since the mid-1990s with those low inventories, with the geopolitical risk, with oil demand recovering. Um, again, I think we've only just begun uh, in this industry. And really, the stocks have moved before the, actually the underlying earnings themselves. Frontline will probably post their first profit uh, in eight quarters um, in this upcoming second quarter. Wow. And uh, the dividend, as you mentioned, I mean, they pay an almost 5% dividend, which is pretty chunky, uh, even by the standards of this group where dividends, uh, most of these companies offer some kind of dividend. Is the merger um, creating potential for them to expand that? I just want to come back to that point because we've been seeing stocks, regardless of sector or business, they pay a dividend. They've been getting a lot more attention this year. That's right. I mean, to be clear, they haven't paid one in some time because we're coming out of the worst market in 30 years. Um, as we get closer to cash flow, starting in the second quarter, or positive earnings, that's when their kind of formulaic method of paying dividends kick in. It's important to understand the founder and the largest shareholder frontline is a tanker titan, so to speak. Uh, the way that he gets paid is through the dividend. So you invest alongside John Fredrickson, you tend to get paid uh, in the upturns as well. With the potential merger going through and almost doubling the size of the fleet, doubling the earnings leverage associated with it, you don't get any cost synergies from shipping mergers. You still need 27 crew on board a tanker, 25, whatever the case may be. But what you get is bigger market cap, uh, more liquidity. This is a group that has never been in an index of any size. Nobody needs to own oil tankers, and therefore they only own them when things are going really well. <laughs> so if you have a company that has a four or $5 billion market cap coming out of the trough of the cycle, it becomes very investable. You throw a dividend in a cyclical recovery on top of that, I think the eyes and the invest potential investors on this stock uh, could be far greater than at any time since pre-global financial crisis. Very interesting. Okay, great context too that um, uh, this has been a, a longer term trough for the uh, business uh, in general. So coming out of that, uh, maybe a little slingshot action. Okay, John, thanks. Uh, a little overlooked uh, discussion for us uh, that might be getting some more attention coming up here this year. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Oliver. Yep, John Chappelle, Senior Managing Director, Evercore ISI. The eight tankers, seven buys out of the eight. A front line with a lot of volatility, but a dividend coming too.